chapter 59 of The Goddess of Atvatbar by William Richard Bradshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Fisher. The History Concluded. I think it is right that I should conclude the history of the conquest of Atvatbar with my being crowned king of the realm. I at once assumed my functions as ruler of Atvatbar. I was supreme commander of the army and grand admiral of the fleet. In council with the ministers of the government appointed by the Barodomy, I caused the adoption of many beneficent laws, calculated to make my people prosperous and happy. Hushnoli soon departed, with his retinue of twin souls, to found a new Egyplosis on the sphere of Hilar, with Zulisoas as a goddess. It was with great grief that I parted with these beloved friends. Hushnoli and his flock were not to be persuaded that nature herself was hostile to their esoteric practices, so to avoid antagonism it was best that we should part. I promised Hushnoli that together with Leone I would visit his globe sometime in the future and see how his colony progressed. He was an enthusiast who required a great many defeats from fortune before he could see the fatal defects of his social and religious system. The grand sorcerer, as the pontiff of remorialism, or the ethics of nature, achieved a triumph in restoring Egyplosis to the reign of order, truth, justice, benevolence and temperance. In time, I hoped to see the Christian faith rule the souls of those who had so recently worshipped themselves under the guise of Harakar, the universal human soul. I was anxious to see men and women possessing that serene poise of passion that alone can sustain virile action. Leone herself was the first to be convinced that the human soul, with its limitations, its narrowness, its impatience, its selfishness, its arrogance, its cruelty, was a very inferior deity. It was true that rare ideal joys might be purchased for a brief time under the old regime, but they were only purchased at an immense price, out of all proportion to the value received, and their possession produced a sickly sublimity, totally unfitting the soul for the practical duties of life. Captain Adams and Sir John Forbes, excited at my good fortune, declared themselves anxious, with my consent, to explore the further hemisphere of the interior planet, in the interests of science, discovery, commerce, and possibly conquest. They were anxious to discover the continents that lie above and beyond Atvatbar, surrounded by unknown Plutosian seas, and to bear their respective countries some signal trophies of their daring and prowess in the internal world. It was arranged that on their return to Kioram, the Polar King, with myself and Leone on board, should sail with the Mercury and Aurora Borealis for the United States. The sailing of the three vessels up New York Bay would be a historic event, and great would be the curiosity of the American people to see the goddess of Atvatbar and our retinue of whaleels as proof of the existence of Bimbisarol, the interior world. And now, my dear reader, we must part for the present. By a change of plans on the part of Captain Adams, the Mercury, the vessel that will bear the manuscript of my adventures in the interior world, is already waiting to start on her voyage. I regret that many strange things have been left unsaid. Many extraordinary experiences have been omitted, because I am desirous that this brief history of the happiness that befell me and my devoted sailors in Atvatbar should be published without delay, to allay the natural curiosity excited on the outer world by the story of our discovery of Plutasia. You may possibly feel a desire to know the future fortunes of Queen Leone and myself in a part of the world hitherto undreamed of, and when I again address you, I hope to describe our future experiences on the throne of Atvatbar. We purpose to apply a liberal portion of the vast wealth of our kingdom to the pursuit of invention, art and spirituality, preserving and enlarging the existing palaces of invention and art, and the palaces of Egyplosis as institutions for the development of the soul and its attributes of spirit power. 
it will be our purpose to extend to the utmost limits the empire of mind over matter in developing invention. In art we will, by means of its manifold radiant symbols, reproduce every idea of the soul shaped by sentiment and imagination, and in sounding the abysses of the heart express what is considered the inexpressible. In spirituality, the science and art of soul and its manifestations in the body, and the temporary or complete severance therefrom, will be investigated on a much wider basis than ever before, and spirit power, apart from the worship of soul as deity, will be developed and elaborated into an enduring force, possessing creative energy. What boundless empire of life will not such ideas realise, and how entrancing the story of such discoveries in the interior world of the soul? I may also, dear reader, request you to accompany me to other undiscovered realms of Plutasia, where, according to report, exist fairy lands, peopled with strange fantastic races of men and women, as well as fabulous animals, with characteristics surpassing the wildest dreams of fantasy. As shown on the map of the interior world, which forms the frontispiece of this volume, many more continents remain yet unknown to me, to explore which will be my ambition. If the rumours I have heard of semi-spiritual men and semi-human monsters that dwell in tropical environments, where mountains rise so high there is no weight on their summits, and where torrents of water roll upward, sweeping away villages in their path, of rocks of gold suspended in the air, of tribes dwelling on floating islands of jewels in the Empyrean, and of a thousand still stranger places and peoples, where every fantasy of the imagination can be produced in reality by spirit power, then indeed the story of my adventures will develop the soul of the age with a profound delight. I therefore bid adieu to you, dear reader, in the hope of meeting you again, to feast you with these wonders. I hope to have you accompany me on the Polar King, which, after a season of repair and refitment, will most assuredly be launched for a still more adventurous voyage on the waters of the interior sea. How many books have been written on the discovery of the Western Hemisphere by Columbus, while as yet but one has been written about the interior sphere, a region not less important than the outer earth, whose geographical features are now for the first time revealed to human eyes. What a wonder it would be if one could travel to the moon or the planet Mars and return to the earth to tell of all that he had seen or heard on those distant spheres. Here indeed is no less a miracle that for ages two vast planets have existed unknown to each other, although only a thousand miles apart, with the means of communication possessing but few difficulties to be overcome. The mutual discovery of two such worlds has opened up a future for the human race that may well strike one dumb with its splendour. It has conferred on the meanest individual a glory, a birthright of the spirit, as vast as the properties of the twin planet. I will not further anticipate the future, and for the present will ask you to accept from Leone and myself a courteous farewell. The End End of chapter 59 End of The Goddess of Atvatbar by William Richard Bradshaw